This is Delicious Matt Bear, and you are listening to Footstuff. Hey, I was thinking earlier about Nubbin's uh, fascination with Nesquik as the ultimate protein shake. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> ultimate recovery. Ultimate drink. recovery drink. Oh, the yes. best. No, you know it's a little bit better. Pink milk, strawberry milk. <laughs> Is it not called pink milk? <laughs> what do you guys call it? Salmon juice. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you get a can of salmon and there's some pink milk in the bottom. <laughs> oh, That's the best part of the fish in a bag. <laughs> well, hey gang, and welcome to Footstuff Podcast. This is episode 40. Oh, wow. Boo. Oh, prove it. <laughs> we are ostensibly live and recording from Studio 7, just outside of New York State's largest wilderness area. Footstuff Podcast brings you stories of adventure, antics, and activism from around the country. You can subscribe to this high-quality outdoor recreation comedy on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher... And SoundCloud. Now Stitcher. Wait, Cloud? SoundCloud. 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 <laughs> uh, my name is Tyler Splitboarder SoCash. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that sucks. And um, <laughs> I'm joined tonight by a bunch of novice backcountry boys getting to have a good time. And a couple ladies, too. To my immediate studio left is delicious Matt Bear. Street bread. Whoa. <laughs> oh, and uh, in Wade's lounge is Wade Bastion himself. Friend of the seven-layer dip man. <laughs> <laughs> we also have that man from the woods, the inimitable Jeremy Utz. Death by slice. <laughs> yep. Also, next to him, back in Studio 7, is Darnell. HH the DL. <laughs> and also, one more person in Studio 7 tonight, a new guest to Footstuff Podcast. It's Janelle. I don't have a nickname. <laughs> Ooh, this is the best part when people forget. Damn it, to bring I knew one. this would happen. I. It'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah, just we'll wait. Just happen. wait. I've been on a hot streak with it too. You were. Yeah. I gave that one person a nickname. Yeah, you did. <laughs> that was impressive. Cleats. <laughs> yeah. Shout out cleats. <laughs> and. Uh, Justin Devendorf. What was his? Uh, Pockets. Devendorf. Pockets. Still said it. I'm sorry, Justin. I'm Hi, Justin. Sorry. Hey, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> well, every week, Footstuff Podcast brings you hiker news. This week, instead, though, Janelle's going to tell us a little bit about maps Ooh, and yeah. Bigfoot. Like Whoa. Yes. Okay. But we're also going to talk about winter recreation in the Adirondacks. <laughs> That's our deep dive. Uh, but let's start with a little bit of Footstuff. And Jeremy Utz. Please tell, please tell Footstuff Nation where you've been. Uh, honestly, I haven't been doing a whole lot lately. I've been uh, nursing kind of a sore knee after uh, a busy weekend at work. I did. Uh, are, make, you, are you feeding it the pink milk? <laughs> <laughs> you got to soak it in there. You got to soak it in the pink milk. I did make it down to Rocksport uh, Climbing Gym uh, today, actually. Ooh. Oh. Uh, with some uh, some friends and Matt Bear. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Uh, I was there. Yeah, we got a little climbing in. I didn't uh, didn't push it too hard, but uh, they've really been they've really stepped up. the The routes were already good, but they've really stepped it up recently with uh, some new route setters and stuff like that. Mm. So a uh, lot of good climbing to be had at Rocksport right now. Yeah, that trip was sponsored by Nesquik Protein Plus Chocolate Milk and an entire pizza. From the gas station, 
that Darnell and I ate. It was That's quite impressive. I will die by the slice. <laughs> I have found my hill, and I will die on it. It's made of pizza. Yes, from the gas station. Oh, thank you, Jeremy. Well, I actually have a little foot stuff from the Green Mountain State. Oh, why? And it Blanchard involves- Beach. It, no, not Blanchard. It it does involve Jones though. Beach. <laughs> no, this one, is. this foot stuff involves the number one Green Mountain boy. Does anyone know who that is? Um, yes, it is. Yeah, Bernie Sanders. Uh, well, Marnell. I don't. I don't know. I, I did this with Marnell. It actually the number one Green Mountain boy is Ethan Allen. And oh, that's oh, right, Ethan Allen store. Beat furniture store. Yeah. I love that furniture store. Class act. They'll give you a free cup of coffee just for going in there. <laughs> so I have to drink it out of styrofoam, though, which isn't classy, but it's still free. Marnell and I went on a 10-mile run through uh, the area surrounding Ethan Allen's homestead Fucking in the Intervale. <laughs> but it, the Intervale, beautiful. Who's running? It's, it's covered in snow. There are footpaths through Ethan Allen's backyard. I learned that Ethan Allen... Actually, these trails get a 4.1 on all trails, by the way. I figured that's kind of bad. 4.1 right? out of how many? Probably 5. 20. <laughs> 100. 1,000. <laughs> it's weird. It's just a furniture store. Don't go. We did, we did a little loop through there and ended up completing our 10 miles along Burlington's bike path. There are new workout machines near the skate park and near where you could take your dog the dog Tony park Hawk built that skate park by the way shout out did that's he honestly cool. yeah well that's cool he paid for it to happen yeah thank you so Tony. he didn't build it himself he just paid for well, it he is an old man so no <laughs> <laughs> he's still rad though but the tony hawk foundation shout out thanks tony uh the, the views also of the adirondacks across the Lake Champlain is the gorgeous. Best part. I think they owe us for that, right? <laughs> yeah. Vermont has to pay us a tip. Royalties. <laughs> Royalties. Uh, <laughs> official scorekeeper of the pod, Magnus, often says, Dana, the best part of Burlington is? The Adirondacks. Thank you, Darnell. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was it for my foot stuff. Janelle, where have you been? Ooh, I have been all over the place recently. I was down in Lake George on shout Friday. Out. Yeah, shout out. Lake Jeezy. Um, so I <laughs> I had some time to kill, so I went up the Pinnacle Trail. Ooh. Ooh. Fun. <laughs> I've done that crime. one, actually. It's a really fun the hike. Time crime. Let's see. And then over the weekend, I took my cross-country skis and went around the Bloomingdale Bog Trail Ooh, and out nice. to Bigelow oh, Road. I think that's really nice. Yeah. Well, see, Hoops likes that. <laughs> Hoops loves to ski that, too. Usually there's a gate there that is open so snowmobiles can go down the trail, but mm. it is still closed. Nice. So, nice. No snowmobiles. No. Awesome. That's that's, cool. that's about what I've been Did doing. Did you see any cool nature while you were out there? there Anything was, neat? There was some, some nature. Nature. And I'm pretty sure... So I most, Tyler went to Vermont, but I was in New York the whole time, and I'm pretty sure New York is the... Uh, the state of the short-tailed deer. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it is, actually. Short-tailed deer. <laughs> That's my footstep. Thank you, Janelle. That's sick. Uh, hey, you two guys, you two concert-going guys. Oh. Wade and Matt guys. Bear, you went on a field trip together. <laughs> yeah, the, the gang went to Philly, minus you and Jeremy. Yeah. Um, yeah which was go. great. Yeah, it was a no, lot I of fun. I was working. <laughs> oh, I wasn't invited. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason. <laughs> the city would consume you, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> oh, thanks, guys. No, it was it was a lot of fun. We uh, we did some history stuff. Uh, looked around a whole bunch of statues. We saw the Liberty Bell through the window because we didn't want to pay to go in and see it. Yeah, fuck um, that. Which was pretty cool. And we we ran up the rocky steps. Well, me and Bobby did. Yeah. Wade just walked up. I them. walked. Is it um, true that Wade, Wade broke... doesn't count if you walk? It doesn't count now. You have to go <laughs> well, back. Oh shit! I heard that... Wade, did you break the Liberty Bell in elementary school? Yeah, I kicked it. Wait, <laughs> I thought that it was a metaphor that you are the Liberty Bell. <laughs> it's inside everyone. I'm a big brass beauty. Yes, nice. That's cool. We we had some delicious Amish donuts. Oh, that's right at Byler's. Oh, which were amazing. Geno's. No, we did not. We get did Geno's. Not get Geno's. No. Why not Geno's? Because we went to Byler's and got donuts. Then we went to. A yard Brewing Company. Yeah, yards. Um, oh, you went to a brewery. For, but two, actually. <laughs> we did go to two. Yeah. Before that, we went to Victory uh, in my hometown delicious. of Kennett Square. Two yeah. breweries in one day isn't all that. <laughs> well, that's that not, was the night before. That's not the most impressive <laughs> statistic of the trip. We went to Wawa four times in, in the three, three days. days we were down yeah, there. Of course. Awesome. How could you not? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have went to the concert. I would have just went to and Wawa. As we were exploring out. the city, I found street bread, hence my name. Yeah, street that's bread. true. Yep. yep, you found some bread in the street. Yeah, there oh, was a yeah. bag of bread right near an old cemetery. Yeah, just a real, a real big, nice looking loaf just sitting there. And yeah, yeah nothing like salt. finding a loaf. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> I think Wawa is the Stewarts of the South. It is. Wawa has its own college. Yeah, it does. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, my yeah. Uh, my I swear friend. To God. <laughs> yeah, I uh, one of the people that we went to church with growing up. She went to the Wawa University. For, it's like corporate training, but yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's but yeah, then thing. we saw a show. Yep. That was awesome. Street, street Light Manifesto. Manifesto. Street Bread Manifesto. Street, yes, street Bread Manifesto. <laughs> Everything goes crumb. <laughs> <laughs> and the show is officially <laughs> their first album. Wow. Welcome back. I did also get to take out the cross-country skis for the first oh. time this, this year. Or Ski this season, stuff. which was fun. Yeah, I just did a couple of the... the Heart Lake property trails, but all oh, right, skiing just near the High Peaks Wilderness area. Yep. Mm. All right. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about maps with Janelle. Cool. I'm talking about maps, maps, maps. I'm talking about maps, maps, maps. Well, I guess it would be nice, nice. if I could map your body. <laughs> <laughs> that still worked pretty good. Oh, but the smell. <laughs> well, hey, gang, and welcome back to Foot Stuff Podcast. Now, we are very thankful for the brave adventurers like Verplank Colvin and all of the surveyors who helped make maps. Map making is a unique skill, but did you know that there are still cartographers making maps today? Janelle! I thought they made carts. <laughs> Janelle, Let's we're gonna we're gonna bring you in and we want you to talk all about map making. I thought they made cartos. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's a common mistake that a lot of people make. But yeah, yeah it's actually maps. Maps. Maps, oh, yeah. Maps. Delicious maps. <laughs> that's cool. Oh, what if there was a map of the best cart makers? Cart <laughs> cartographer. That would be great. That so would be great. <laughs> because I've one, we, we, um, I work for Green Goat Maps. Ooh. And I, ooh. Yeah. And I don't know if you, well, little goat facts here. The Green Goat is actually native to the Adirondacks. Uh-huh. Green not, Goat? No, it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> is that just a nickname for weed? What is that? Yeah. <laughs> the Green Man's pet. <laughs> Greenman? 
<laughs> oh, no, not Greenman. Green Man. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> what? Sad. Sad. So, Janelle, yeah. what, what are the Green Goat maps? The Green Goat maps are a, a line of recreational maps that are here in the Adirondacks and... Uh, we so we we believe that good maps tell a story, and the story that we're trying to tell is uh, to do responsible recreation and promote environmental stewardship. Woo! Nice. Heck yeah. Shout out green. I've green, actually and green. Yes. Yeah, I've used <laughs> yeah. the uh, the one that highlights the jackrabbit trail. Uh, the winter trails. Yes, map. the winter oh, trails map. Don't we have that one? It's yeah. awesome. It's, yeah, it is I, really I, good. Yeah, that's sick. That's so there's awesome. th- there's three other ones too. There's um. Cy- cy- cycling on the there's uh, a fishing one isn't there's there? a fishing I think one we have yep. the cycling i think that me and uh, darnell have the cycling one too so many maps and then there's a there's a lake george one that just came out Ooh. a month oh, ago cool brand new nice is the lake george one like hiking in the area or skiing or I like actually, the ice cream yeah. shops because there's a lot of them <laughs> on that main strip there i it's still like have once gone down the main once strip. per a city block in Lake George, there <laughs> must cream? be a soft serve station. Why haven't I been there? That would be a really great map, I think. Yeah, ice it cream. is a well. It's we, an ice cream <laughs> town. It's a town built on ice cream. We've got map number five for Green Goats. You got to pay us something for that for that idea. We can just put the big footstuff logo right on the front of I'm it. Fine Perfect. with it. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> map like number just, five. Or just a picture of you guys eating ice cream in Lake George. Hell also yes. fine with that. Listening to Mambo number five. <laughs> so Janelle, it was Adirondack research that helped make these maps to make to help them tell a story. Mm-hmm. And are you seeing a lot of people using these maps? We are. I actually was just looking at all the the sale numbers before I came over here today, and there these are not not complete, but there's been almost two thousand. So nice. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that's just those are that's just a small percentage of it, not including individual sales and everything. But there's been a, there's a lot of maps out there mm-hmm. right now. A good yeah. map is very important. Absolutely, that's what I always say. A good map is better than no map because you you have a map, or better than a bad map. Yes, also uh, yes, <laughs> implied in the name. Janelle, the green goat maps aren't the only type of map that you've brought to Studio Seven tonight. As far as I've been told. Oh, no, that is true. So I also, so I understand that you guys like cryptozoology. Oh, hell yes. yes. Indeed. Our favorite type of zoology. I think we made a, a podcast about that once. Yes. We did. We yeah. Did. Our most famous episode. <laughs> well, this, this is going to be the most, the second most famous episode then, because I was down in Whitehall, New York. Woo! Birthplace of the Navy. Birthplace of the Navy. <laughs> Landlocked as it is. But also the birthplace of Sasquatch maps. Yes. And I was given this scroll here that has not been opened yet. If if you're watching via the teleprompter, you're seeing that there is a scroll up on the table in Studio 7. It has a ribbon around it. It's like a parchment of paper. Untie the ribbon! Can we untie this for the first time? We can. Live in Studio 7? Ostensibly live? It very well might show the location of Sasquatch in the Adirondacks. Okay, let's let's do it, Janelle. I want to find the squanch. I want the squanch. Give me the squanch. Give it to me. I want it. <laughs> the scroll is being unfurled. Oh, my goodness. Look at all these Bigfoot sightings. Oh, my goodness. Wait, that there one has so many That one has them. a small foot with it. And it's running. <laughs> a smaller Bigfoot. This map shows... Um, Big Bigfoots and small Bigfoots. <laughs> Whoa, Bigfoots big are small foots. Big so small foots. Big feet. <laughs> Thank you, Darnell, for holding the map down. 
here's what we're seeing. In Whitehall, New York, which appears to be the epicenter of most Bigfoot a- activity, these Sam Squanches. They have that big statue. That's so does, this, does the running Sam Squanch mean that it was caught in the act of moving, locomoting, ambulating? <laughs> <laughs> caught in the act no, of moving? No, it says the running one is... Wait, this doesn't make sense because it says no, the that running means it's one crossing is young the, Bigfoot. Oh, it young means it's Bigfoot. crossing the street. See, this is the importance <laughs> of looking at the key of a map before you try to interpret it. <laughs> okay, so the young... The, the young Bigfoot is represented by a running Bigfoot. An adolescent or teen Bigfoot is marked by a more sedentary version of the young Bigfoot. <laughs> Just looks really angsty. And then the listening to Dashboard Confessional. And then the full-grown adult Bigfoot is the big, the biggest one. So just for those of you not watching on the teleprompter, if you live in Whitehall, New York, you better lock the door for a number of reasons. I mean, there's that prison there. But, but the other is that there... There's one on Mount Marcy. Oh, my goodness. Wait, weren't you a summit steward on Mount Marcy? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> this is fantastic. Another hot spot, it looks like, for Bigfoot sightings, especially for the young little adolescent or a teen Bigfoots, is if you're in Northville, New York, in the southern region of the teen Adirondacks. Foot. Hey, and Tahawas is ground zero, Dana just said in the background. And, and also it's true. Elk Lake, too. Watch out. But if you thought by stepping across state lines you'd be safe, Wade, and you spent a lot of time in the Green Mountain State of Vermont, look at all of them in Vermont. Look at all of them. It's all Bernie Sanders campaign trail. they're all adult trail. ones, though. Yeah. There's no <laughs> He's following the campaign trail. <laughs> they're going there to retire. I'm just going to say this. If you live in Manchester Center, Vermont, especially on the west side of town... Move. <laughs> Watch out. Three Bigfoot sightings on this 2018 official Bigfoot sightings map. Janelle. Official. Thank you. This is amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> wow. Janelle, thank you so much. Is there anything else you want Footstuff Nation to know about map making in general or any warnings about wh- what you think this map is we can interpret as to be where the next Bigfoot sighting would occur? Well, I think an important part of maps is that they they give us a way to visualize data and just look at larger areas on a smaller scale, which is what we're doing here with all these Bigfoots. And when we, or is it big feet? I don't know. I think it's big foots. No, I think it's big foots. Big foots. Big foots. Okay. So when we see all these big foots here, I don't know. It's going to be hard to tell where they're going to go next because there's a cluster, but then they're all over the place that is too. True. Yeah, it's just a sighting. It's not even their home, so they could be anywhere. Probably just so the, ne- the next version of this yeah. map should probably indicate where their homes are. Yeah, that would, would be yeah. my suggestion. That's the important data. If you're listening still for some reason and you want <laughs> to send us a map or any kind of map at all that is just weird and goofy, we will interpret it for you at literally no cost here in Studio <laughs> 7. And you can send those maps to P.O. Box 63. We have a P.O. Box now. Keene, New weird. York. 12942. And if you want to send Matt Bear these We're, maps via email, isn't there oh, some kind yeah. of email address where people could the, maybe as an attachment or make, could you physically send it through the email? You might be able to now. Yeah. No, the send it is a quick time. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a quick, a quick time, time. Um, at footstuffpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> okay, well, thank you, Janelle, for bringing some of the green goat maps. And if you're in the greater 
Lake Placid, Lake George, or General Adirondacks area, and you're going to recreate in those locations, check out the Green Goats map. Absolutely. The the cycling one especially is actually is really awesome. Over the summer, uh, Darnell and I used that map to do some loops, do some uh, cycling, and shit was rad. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yes. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about winter preparation for these hard times. Get, get Just pile up the salt. <laughs> corn. Lots of corn. A lot of corn. A lot of salt. <laughs> street bread. Lots of it. Does anyone want to bring me in? Tyler? Oh, thanks, Matt. Hey, gang, and welcome back to Fun <laughs> Stuff Podcast. So, remember last time we recorded when I asked you to picture yourself deep in the backcountry? You know, it's getting dark, the sun's setting, it's cold as balls out there, mm-hmm. and you've suddenly realized that you forgot to bring the right equipment with you. What's the oh, easiest shit. way to get out of the woods in that situation? Die. Yeah. Yeah, it was die, I think is what we I think it was the hang gliding or the base yes. jumping. <laughs> well, what if instead you decided to plan ahead and prepare for your winter adventure? Oh, isn't that the first principle of leave no trace? It's this it is, man. It sounds Bear. pretty nerdy. So, <laughs> we just learned from Janelle about how cool maps are and why everyone should get one. If you have a map of the area you're recreating in, you're doing things correctly, but in winter time the stakes have changed. They're a little bit higher. And you want to get home. Well, there's a few things that we need to talk about when it comes to winter recreation, whether you're in the Adirondacks, somewhere in the Northeast, or hopefully not in Louisiana. But if you're there, too, uh, we should talk about what you could do to recognize signs of hypothermia. Well, hypothermia is a progressive illness. Does anyone here in Studio 7 know the first sign that you're entering the first stage of hypothermia? Jeremy, yes. I just usually look at you, and if you are visibly blue and quivering all over, I know that it's setting in again. It's happening again, and our our adventure to go swimming in July is canceled because of hypothermia. So Jeremy's right. It is shivering. Shivering is the first sign of hypothermia, and the second stage, you don't want to be here. Does anyone know the second stage, Matt Bear? Death. <laughs> you stop shivering. <laughs> well, that would be the last stage. <laughs> That's when you die. It is the, um, I believe your, your, all of your eyelashes fall out at one time. <laughs> and it makes a poof noise, and that's how you know. It's yeah. like, oh, wait. It's like when you blow on the dead dandelion into the wind, like Paul Simon. It's like that, but it's your eyelashes. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a deteriorating mental state. We're very close to that, too. It's the umbles state. Oh, the good yes, old that's umbles. why you're Uncle Umbles. Uncle umbles. So you'll notice your if if one of your hiking partners or snowshoeing partners or whatever you're doing out there throwing bricks at a wall, partners, if they start stumbling, mumbling, fumbling, bumbling, fumbling, grumbling, all of those umbles, you know that something's not going. What about on. humbling? Humbling. <laughs> And what if they just make sounds like that all the time? <laughs> then you're friends with Oscar the Grouch. Or someone old. <laughs> <laughs> so the last stage, Matt Bear alluded to it, is the levels of consciousness phase. And if you've taken a wilderness first aid class, you might have heard of the AVPU scale, which is someone might be alert at first, but then they're only responsive to verbal stimulation, pain stimulation. And then you're talking about loss of consciousness, or you're unconscious. So you have to guard against that. The number one thing you could do 
is to plan ahead and prepare. Bring a few things with you on your backcountry trip so that you stay safe, no matter no matter what the duration you think your trip's going to be in the winter time. There are there are three things you could bring with you. One is food. You want to heat your internal furnace. The second thing is warm liquids. I love bringing my hydro flask. I don't know. Shout anyone, out hydro. Flask. They're great. Mm-hmm. I game just hot bought tang. One. It's a game changer. Hot tang or like just a regular thermos. Something that where you hot could Kool-Aid. keep liquids warm or warm. I'm sure if you go to a winter mountaineering school course, you're going to learn how to heat liquids by bringing the right kind of stove with the right kind of fuel into the backcountry. So a way to heat or warm liquids or keep things warm. And finally, dry, non-cotton layers to switch into if you get sweaty, get wet. Uh, You want to move those layers off your body and put on dry layers. The last thing is you just really need to go home. You need to get out of the elements any way you can uh, so that you can survive this situation and guard against hypothermia progressing. Uh, Another thing, of course, is exposed skin. Uh, One of the things we often think about with winter recreation is you want to make sure that you're not going to get frost nip uh, where your cheeks might start to get rosy or any exposed skin that your ears, the tip of your nose, your cute little nose, Wade. Um, (laughs) The the, uh, frostbite um, like progression that I learned in Boy Scouts was fingers, toes, nose, hose. What's the last one? Hose. What's that? Your dinger. Oh, God. That's the (laughs) progression. Have you just referred to your <laughs> reproductive organs as a dinger? Also as a hose, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you really respect yourself. <laughs> so what do you... I'm curious now, Studio of Seven Boys, what do you and ladies... What do you all bring on your winter trips to stay warm, stay successful, and to comply with the rules and regs uh, in the areas you're recreating in? One of the uh, other things that I learned throughout like wilderness medicine classes... Uh, take one. Take is, one of them. Yeah, they, they're fantastic. You learn a lot. I will always have in my pack now a packet of Jello mix. Uh, not sugar-free. The Jello mix with sugar in it. Because that in a liter Nalgene bottle that has like warm or hot water in it is like the perfect thing to get you going. That is a great Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yep. so the sugars and stuff will warm you up on the inside. It's that energy, you know, what you said, the internal furnace. Once you get food or sugars or something in your body to get you moving, to get your insides, you know, your organs working again, that heats you up from the inside and then the warm liquids help too. How does that compare to Nesquik? <laughs> Doesn't have 28 grams of protein, I'll fucking tell you that. <laughs> it's not a perfect recovery drink. <laughs> yeah, I think that's... If it was it. warmed up beforehand, though, and put in a hydro flask, doesn't pair well story. with eight slices of buffalo chicken pizza <laughs> from a gas station outside of Albany, New York. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Bear, do you bring anything on your winter adventures to stay safe? Yeah, so I always keep, um, I always keep uh, like a bivy sack or something like that in my pack, um, even during the summer, but especially during the winter. Uh, I don't always carry a sleeping bag with me, but always have that extra um, layer for the bivy sack there. And then something that is good to note with carrying water um, in the winter, yeah, use a hydro flask and you can, if you can, like an insulated bottle. Um, they also sell uh, like insulating sleeves for your water bottles that help a lot. Um, that'll keep it from freezing. Um, also, store your water bottles upside down, um, even if they are in those sleeves, because that way the bottom will freeze first, and that way the kind of the top of it won't yeah, freeze. Unless up you, on you freeze the cap like an idiot. Yeah, um, and also um, just don't bring 
uh, a water bladder with you when you're hiking in the winter. <laughs> just don't not, bring a water bladder. Not a good bladder. idea. Yeah, just don't bring not a, a good water idea. Um, but if for some reason you have one, um, make sure you blow back the water that's in the tube. That'll stop it from freezing. Um, it's just a matter of time for that to freeze. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it's just not a good idea to bring one of those. But storing them upside down is good. That way you don't have to yep. take your, yeah. your trekking pole and... St- Punch a hole through the top. Yeah, and also if you're if you are staying the night out, you can uh, put some hot water in them, and it's like a hot water yep. bottle. Put it in your sleeping bag. That's right. Mm. That's very good. If uh, you don't want to buy one of those insulating things for your water bottle, just get a big sock. That's yeah, big right. sock. Yeah, that's true. Big big wool keep, socks. Keep Shout those, out Kat Van Hovenberg. She showed me that. Keep those things to the interior of your pack where they're less likely to freeze as fast as yeah. They bring were a on pack too. Yeah, bring a pack. <laughs> yeah, that's important. Yeah, that that is those are pretty cool. You don't want to carry all your stuff in your arms, right? You know, beyond the <laughs> beyond the ten essentials, things like a headlamp and you know your insulating layers and things of that nature. Uh, I always go to the you know what you should have on your feet. The first thing, if you're get if you're new into winter hiking, I know this is a purchase that isn't fun to make, but gaiters really do help in the winter time. Absolutely, mm-hmm. to keep yeah. snow yeah. out of your boots. If that snow gets in there, it's going to make you cold pretty quick. Uh, so, over a five mile to pl- or longer than that hike, you want to make sure you're keeping snow out of your boots. And of course. If there's a regulation like there is in the High Peaks Wilderness area uh, to have snowshoes on in the backcountry. Or skis. Or skis to keep, thank you, Jeremy, to keep uh, all of the user groups safe and happy. Just do, do that for sure. And then up high, when you get to a really icy stretch, if you're not comfortable with those skis or snowshoes, then you want that extra traction, whether they be really aggressive micro spikes or... Crampons, and then mm-hmm. switching back into the snowshoes or skis uh, when the trail conditions call for it again. And it's always important to note in the winter, with the conditions being as they are, you know, they can change so fast and become very deadly. Uh, turning around is something that happens a lot more in the winter. Just, you know, being able to say, you know, I'll come back later. And if you go through that humbling stage, that is not one of the umbles to look oh, yeah, for. Oh, yeah, humbles. Uh, which brings me to one of my personal stories that I would like to share right now. Oh, my goodness. Uh, about the very first winter hike I ever went on. Uh, me and my dad went up to Mount Monadnock in Ooh, shout New Hampshire, out. which was pretty awesome. I had never been up there before, and, and it was on a pretty chilly, overcast day. Beautiful. And it was calling for some snow showers later in the day. Um, so we had all of our winter gear and What trail were you guys on? White like Cross? That. White Dots? Marlboro Trail. Um, I forget Howie trail. which one it was, honestly. Camel Cigarettes Trail. Yes. <laughs> it was that one. Um, and shout so out we, Matt Bear's dad. We hiked up, and it was Dang. getting snowier as we got up there. Um, and we got to the... The spot where you get, like, right where you pop out on the tree line, yeah. uh, above tree line, and you, then you have, like, the half a mile up to the summit. You can see, like, the summit oh, cone. Well, we couldn't see the summit. <laughs> well, <laughs> so there, there was spot. a lot of ice on the trail, and it was... It was starting to get pretty pretty slick, and so we got up above treeline, and it turned into one of those uh, those whiteout conditions Whoa. where we couldn't see really probably, windy. Oh yeah, real oh. windy. We so couldn't like a, see like five feet in front of us. Like it's a, a howly day. <laughs> there's a lot of area above treeline on that mountain. Too. Oh yeah, there's very yeah. Easy so to we get lost. we went probably at like a couple hundred of feet, and then we were like, nope. We we can come back some other time. This just isn't safe. And we were we were only um, 
yeah, like less than a half a mile from the summit. And it was, this was my first time with the uh, with like turning around on a mountain and everything. Hey, like you that. can always and it was it was a good idea. Always was, check the weather too if you think the weather is just not yep. going to be. And then once in your we favor, got once we got back down to the the ranger station there in the parking lot, uh, we found out that they had actually. Probably like two hours after we had left, the storm was like rolling in a lot more, and they had actually closed all of the trails. Um, oh wow! So, we so were if lucky. you had kept going, you could have gotten hurt and then had an owie day. Yep, exactly. Thank you, Wade. <laughs> Once upon a time, this was a kind of a mistake. I was in the Bitterroots of uh, on the border of Montana and Idaho, and I hiked Saint Mary Peak, which is just outside of Missoula, Montana. Shout out! And I. Went up with my friend Tom Brecky, and we hiked up at dusk, put our headlamps on, and crested uh, into the alpine zone above treeline uh, closer to 10 o'clock p.m. And in the winter? In the winter. And a storm I blew in. Say, I feel like that's a bad idea. <laughs> it was. Well, it gets, it gets worse. <laughs> I don't often recreate in the wintertime above Treeline in Montana. And when I was there that time... And neither should you. Yeah. It's I, a we, bearskin rug state, I think. <laughs> There's this, it, it is. It There's is this gigantic tower on the summit, which we made it to. But while we made it to the There's tower... A totem pole. <laughs> so much snow had fallen that it blew in our trail. Are you kidding me? I'm in the middle of Montana, in the middle of the so winter. You guys couldn't see what, like the way you came. Exactly. Oh shit! <laughs> so that luckily, luckily, we had a map and, and we compass? knew which way to go. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we did have a compass, That's and we good. were able to find our exit point. Close call. Would never do that again. Would never recommend to hike at night in the winter time intentionally. That's awful. No, oh, scary. Yeah. That's yep. real scary. But yeah. let me tell you what, those burritos that we got at El Diablo in Missoula, very good. It took me four tries to finally hike Blake because I kept doing it in the winter and having to turn around. And the fourth time I did it... You did Blake in the winter? Yeah, and Colvin. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I, I was, uh, Colvin would be probably Colvin's too fun, bad. but yeah, dropping down into the call between Colvin and Blake. I and also did that in the winter. It yeah, it sucks. sucks. It yeah. does suck. But so we turned... <laughs> there were three different times we went out, uh, got... To Colvin, we're either breaking trail from like Lake Road up Ugh. or like following kind of broken out tracks, but not really. Got to Colvin, started going down and had to turn around. The fourth time we did it, we went up. It was April 20th and we went, climbed Blake, came back over with crampons and uh, very icy conditions. And it was not fun and really terrible. But then we found a chocolate brownie cliff bar and everything was better. Hell yes, Wade. <laughs> so next time you're about to go on a winter adventure, make sure you have an understanding of the rules and regulations in that area. Check the weather, not just what it will be, but what it has been, uh, especially if you're going into avalanche territory, very important. Uh, make sure you have all of the right winter gear and know the ability levels of those in your group. And please, please, please leave an itinerary with someone you trust or someone who likes you, even just a little bit. So that if something goes wrong, you're not back by your, your alleged time. Uh, the appro- appropriate authorities can be notified and know approximately where you are. Yeah, and make sure you sign in at the trailheads for all the trails you're using. Heck yes. Yeah, that's a good idea, too. All right. It's a sensitive topic. I'm glad we covered it. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we have some really funny plugs. Jeremy, hey, is this 
Jeremy's sensitive hour. How you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, do you have any plugs at all this week? Um, no, not really. Uh, shout out to Rocksport Climbing Gym. Hell if, yeah. Uh, if it's close to you, go there. It's nice. <laughs> it is nice. Matt Bear, we have just received the email of a lifetime, footstuffpodcast at gmail.com. We have, yes. This is uh, from Carrie, who is at MountainFreak911 on Instagram, uh, yeah. Neil and Rory. And she writes, um, Rory8 will be nine this Saturday. Oh, happy is, birthday! He Belated. is the most awesome foul-mouthed fourth grader ever. Hell he yes, is, Rory! He is the biggest fan of foot stuff. What? Led Zeppelin. Johnny Cash and Skrillex. The man- Wait. <laughs> Dr. Science's <laughs> setup totally blew his mind. You guys have motivated him to conquer everything the North Country has to offer, as well as adding shipments to his vocabulary. <laughs> Happy birthday, Rory. All right. Most, most recently, his very first research paper topic was the Red Eft. Oh, nice! Oh, no. Re- it referenced Footstuff Podcast <laughs> as a source. <laughs> <laughs> and fang- thankfully, it didn't include hashtag F-hole. <laughs> <laughs> There's always next time, Rory. Rory is now planning a website dedicated to saving the high peaks and becoming a famous DJ. That's at the same time? At the same time. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you all for keeping us entertained and informed. Don't stop. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> Shout Rory, out. Also, also, I kind of want a copy of this research paper. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we you could send that to footstuffpodcast at gmail.com. We'll, we'll read send it on you the some air. stickers back. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, we will. Absolutely. We also, we're big fans of science. That's great. And F holes. And stickers. <laughs> and yep. F holes. And Skrillex. <laughs> and shit minced. Yeah. It's thank, a good word. thank you, Carrie. Thank you, Rory. Uh, we have another official endorsement that came in through a rating on iTunes. This is a five-star rating. And That's we, the only kind we accept. Yep. We like these ones. <laughs> this, is th- this is from J-Ray. Okay? J-Ray says... Wait, the J-Ray? J-Ray. As in J-Ray. J-Ray. <laughs> wow. I won't publicly endorse a product unless I listen to it exclusively and really believe in it. My only official endorsements are U.S. Army-issued mustache trimmers, Morton Salt, and this podcast. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's one of the best. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. That's amazing. We typically bring a few calls to action every week, and we've got a dandy this week. So, one thing I want to point out if you're not already following Adirondack Wilderness Advocates, you can look them up on Facebook. There is a new initiative to put a snowmobile trail through the Blue Ridge Wilderness area, which is in the West Central Adirondacks, next to the small village of Blue Mountain Lake. Uh, The Adirondack Wilderness Advocates is proposing that if the snowmobile trail is built, that it should be in the travel corridor that's already motorized or through the Sergeant Ponds Wild Forest and Golden Beach Campground, which would allow such motorized use. And if and only if, due to the terrain and just because of the safety of the corridor, if parts of the snowmobile trail must be constructed inside of a motor-free wilderness area, the Blue Ridge Wilderness, that there should be a trade. And the trade should be really fair to protect the overall wildness in the Adirondack Park. So the Adirondack Wilderness Advocates are asking you to sign a petition. Uh, That's adirondackwilderness.org slash take action. 
and there is a hyphen between take and action. There is a suggestion the Adirondack Wilderness Advocates hope to add in the southwesterly portion of the Blue Ridge Wilderness Area, just outside of the wilderness boundary, is this cellar pond, which is currently in wild forest. And that could be added to the wilderness to compensate for a new roadway and motorized corridor being put on the northern end of the wilderness. It's not ideal to compromise our wilderness ethics to allow a, tr- a motorized trail through a protected wild area. I would but say if, that's a fair trade, though, if it does happen. Yeah, so if you agree, Matt Bear, you could sign yeah, the trade. Adirondack Wilderness Advocates petition. It's due Friday, December 7th, so by the time this episode drops, you've got about three full days to share the link and uh, sign up for Adirondack Wilderness Advocates on Facebook. Uh, we need your help. Amish donuts. Amish, do- yeah, Bylers in Reading Terminal Market. Their donuts oh, so are great. Uh, They're not nearly as racist as Geno's either. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So it's a good place to go. Um, other than that, uh, Wawa is always good. Mm-hmm. And um, go to college. Yeah, uh, pray for some snow because I want to ski. Get some to more. the snow messiah. Yes, all pray hail. To, pray to the snow messiah. That's it. Finally. Janelle, thank you for coming down to Studio yes, 7. Yes, I mean, thank you, you literally much. had to brave Cascade Pass, which is an icy death trap this time of year. Can't wait to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Janelle, any plugs this week? Uh, I also have a call to action, and it's to go out and buy a map of any kind. Yes. And yes. study it. Hell yeah. Great. Don't you, burn it. Don't burn it. <laughs> But it, uh, unless it's an emergency and you need it for warmth in the backcountry. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. But Only if you exception. would like to purchase a Green Goat map, you can do that at greengoatmaps.com. Ooh. Or they're sold at a lot of stores in the Lake Placid, Saranac Lake area. I believe we have some at the High Peaks Information Center. I believe yeah. you do. We do. <laughs> All right. Well, Manchester Center, Whitehall, Northville, New York. Stay on watch tonight. Bigfoots are close. <laughs> Keep it wild. 